how are you? We're conditioned to answer that question, good, okay, fine, maybe, thank God. When we're in person and someone asks you that question, the response is automatic, a habit, a construct of polite conversation. But from the comfort of your own home or wherever you are, from the privacy behind a screen, let me ask you again, how are you? And before you answer, I want to invite you to pause and think. For some of us, the answer to how are you is never better. We had great satyrs, finally hugged a grandchild, saw a sister or son in person for the first time in over a year, connected to our community and our friends online with song and spirit. Others might say, I'm a bit tired, but I come with a full heart. This year's Pesach isn't perfect, but it's what we've got and it's okay. Still others might reply, frankly, if I'm being honest, not so great. This holiday is hard. This year has been hard. I feel a bit like the Israelites who, even as they're celebrating our holding heartache, the Israelites who have crossed the sea, but are still far from freedom. And for some of us, it's all those answers at the same time. What do we do with the unresolved fears and frustrations of a pandemic year? This holiday actually gives us a powerful answer, a timely answer that we may just need right now. I want to talk about a part of the Seder that we don't talk about. In fact, in many modern homes, we don't even do it. We skipped it last night here at our communal Seder. It is in solid skip territory, not only for its location late in the Seder, but for its distasteful sentiment. The whole rest of the Seder is about gratitude, praise, joy, and generosity. We invite all who are hungry to come and eat, applying the story of our people as a curriculum to help us move from suffering towards empathy. We explore the roots of resilience with our tale of Beholdor Vador Omdim Alenu and the animosity that our ancestors experienced all the way from Jacob's time to the Exodus until now invites us to see the humanity in those who couldn't see ours. We school ourselves to never lose sight of another's humanity. Even the Egyptians who subjected us to hundreds of years of incredible cruelty as slaves. As the rabbinic commentators say, we lessen our joy by pouring out a drop of wine as we recite each of the plagues to remember their suffering too. We sing 
prayers of Hallel and thanksgiving focus not on the pain we endured, but on the redemption we received. And then there's this out-of-place moment, right between the wonder of Elijah's cup and the celebration of Hallel, we linger at our open door and say, Shvoch hamatcha al hagoyim, pour out your wrath upon the nations. May your blazing anger overtake them. Pursue them in wrath and destroy them. In a Seder filled with praise and joy, this outlier moment is jarring. What's it doing here? One of my professors in rabbinical school explained this by asking me to think about the right moment in a Seder when we should have opened our doors. The right moment, he pointed out, would have been at the very start when we say, let all who are hungry come and eat. And, he said, our original Seders started with an open door. But then came the Crusades and the blood libels and the times throughout our history when it was not safe to invite others in. To complete the Seder's ritual meal, we couldn't risk opening our doors. We could no longer do what we knew that we should do, the core of our observance. And Shvoch HaMatcha is that moment that gives voice to our frustration, the moment we let it out. Generational trauma, let it out. Fear, let it out. Anger, let it out. Which brings me back to the question, how are you? The reason that I ask is that for many of us, even if we have weathered this pandemic with blessing, it has brought with it at a minimum a modern equivalent of being forced to move where we can open our door. Last year, we couldn't open our door. We couldn't fill our tables with family and friends. Last year, Zoom. This year, we may have been blessed to have a few more, but our door hasn't swung open wide yet. This year, a second pandemic Seder sits uncomfortably against the core mitzvah that we have practiced generation to generation for thousands of years. The Torah commands us that each household take a lamb for the Pesach offering, which must be finished that night. And the rabbis point out that that's a whole lot of flashics for one family. And so they read the next line. And if there's not enough in one household to finish, you must share the central Pesach mitzvah. Invite others to your Seder. So if you're anything like our ancestors, how do you feel when you can't? I'll answer that question with another question. Have you ever heard of a smash room? There's a place called Smash It Too in Worcester, which was recently profiled on Here and Now in the podcast. What is a smash room? It's a place where you go to break things, where you're supposed to bash and crash and pummel. 
The podcast follows a woman named Danielle Blanchard, who brought with her to the smash room some household items that did for her the opposite of Marie Kondo's spark joy. She chooses among several weapons of destruction laid out on the wall and takes a baseball bat to swing with all her might. Why is she there? Danielle says, the pandemic has been a year and I'm done. I have two little kids and I have to be a good mom who doesn't flip out so I can at least flip out here. So I can go home and be the good mom who reads bedtime stories and makes dinner and doesn't get upset. Lisa Mullins narrates the owner, Darcy Cook's reflection. She says, we have healthcare workers who come in here to the smash room who just need a lifetime out. She continues, there are parents with teenagers sick of remote learning and even couples on date night. Danielle Blanchard reflects, the pandemic is like you can't, you can't, you can't. The smashing was like, yeah, you can, do it, do it again. Now, most of us are not going to smash rooms. But the gift of the smash room is that it's a place where it's okay not to be okay. And that's the gift of Pesach, too. Because Pesach holds two truths. It holds the blessing and it holds the brokenness. We're trained to see our world as a one-way trajectory. Mignut l'shevach, from disgrace to praise. Mi avdut l'cheirut, from slavery to freedom. Darkness to light. Mourning to joy. It's even chiseled on the entrance to our shul. Serve God in joy. But to be human is to acknowledge that we can't always occupy that place. Shvochamatcha tells us that's okay, more than okay. It's healthy. If you're frustrated, if you're in mourning, if you're angry, you've come to the right place. Because last night's Seder and today's Haftorah that Nate so beautifully read just gives us a moment for our own personal Jewish smash room, where the smash room offers baseball bats and sledgehammers, today offers us a story, a haftorah brimming with frustration, so much so that the king of our haftorah took the Asherah out of the house of the Lord outside of Jerusalem, the Kidron Valley, and burnt it and pulverized it into dust. Smash! But that's not the end of the story. Not for the haftorah and not for us. After the smashing, there comes a spaciousness that enables a recommitment to the Passover sacrifice, a return to God, to holiness, to wholeheartedness. In other words, 
Frustration is part of the process. Letting it out, giving voice to it, honestly and openly and safely leads to rebuild towards redemption again. Pesach comes to us with an invitation to honestly hold the question, how are you? It offers for our efforts a primal scream to let our frustrations free. It's scary to let all that out, but it's so worth doing. As the Smash Room podcast concludes, Danielle Blanchard leaves, signing her name to the wall. Happy, healthy Danielle was here. So too may it be for us. Chag Sameach.